August 31st. As we turn our attention now to the New Testament, we'll be reading in the book of 2 Corinthians, beginning at chapter 4, verse 13. We'll go through chapter 5, verse 10. We know this building is our new body that we'll receive when we see the Lord, because God saves the whole person. We know that. And then we groan. Creation is groaning, and God's people also groan, yearning for the Lord Jesus to come again. We do not want to die and leave our houses. We want these bodies to be clothed with the glory of God from heaven. Paul longed to see Jesus come in his lifetime. And we are confident. God's Word gives us the truth about death and beyond. And God's Spirit guarantees that God's children will go to heaven. We claim this by faith and walk with confidence. And what peace it gives. And we aim to please Him. Paul's spiritual motivations for service include the judgment seat of Christ, the love of Christ, the power of the gospel, and the commission of the Lord. So the question is for you and me, what motivates us to do His will? Well, let's see as we read today in the New Testament. August 31st, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, through chapter 5, verse 10. But we, Paul and his co-workers, continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, and so I speak. We know that the same God who raised our Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself along with you. All of these things are for your benefit. And as God's grace brings more and more people to Christ— There will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are quite small, and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God Himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, And we long for the day when we will put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will not be spirits without bodies, but we will put on new heavenly bodies. Our dying bodies make us groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and have no bodies at all. We want to slip into our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by everlasting life. God Himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, He has given us His Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. That is why we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So our aim is to please Him always, 
whether we are here in this body or away from this body. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in our bodies. This whole week we've been talking about love. And the great love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, has been our guide. These are words that are for all people, for married people, for dating people, for single people, for young and old, for those who are in love and those looking for love. And to wrap up our discussion this week, we'll look at one little half verse, the last verse that describes love. It's verse 8. Love never fails. Now, some of you may hear that verse and be kind of disappointed. What do you mean, love never fails? Tell that to my ex. Tell that to my family that's disowned me. Tell that to my disrespectful children. But listen carefully to what it says. It doesn't say that people never fail. The verse says, love never fails. So first of all, love is always the right choice. If people are being disrespectful or rude to you, love is always the right response. If you're angry or frustrated, love is always the right way to deal with it. If your relationships with people close to you in your life or even with people you aren't so close to, if they're strained or struggling, love is always the right choice. And furthermore, things may change in your life. Times may change. The people and places of your life may change. But the one consistent that will never change is that love will always be there. Even when everything in this world is done and gone, when the last day has come or when your life ends, whichever comes first, the one thing that will remain into eternity is God's love for you. Love never fails. And because God's love has never failed us, love is always the right choice. Jesus always showed love, and we can show love too, because this is what real love is like. Hey, it's James Whiting at Braille House. I'm here with Antoine Fudge. What up, what up, what up? Antoine's completing the day after 13 months in a refuge. Antoine, uh, yeah. what, what did you do? To keep, what, made, what helped you get through the ministry? Uh, well, uh, I just want to say, one, God, um, and also uh, the help of my brothers. Who in this ministry has been the biggest supporter of you? And that's tough. I got a couple of guys. Um, one, uh, I just want to say Sean Johnson, man. He's been a very big supporter and uh, also like a big brother to me. Um, Massey, uh, James Wellman. Um, I know I'm going to leave the names out. Uh, Ryan Durr. Um, Yeah, man, just a lot of guys, man. It's, uh, shoot, Michael Saba, you know, at work, he still is pouring into me, so, you know. Okay, so if you could say one thing to the guys who've helped you through this ministry, what would it be? I just want to say uh, thank you, you know, uh, for one, just uh, y'all's time and uh, patience with me. I'm pretty sure I got on a lot of guys' nerves, and um, still allow God to use y'all, man. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, 
Now, what was your most memorable moment from your time here at here in the refuge? <laughs> uh, shoot, man. That's a tough one. I gotta say, uh, we was all at uh, Rebecca's uh, uh, house, and um, shoot, and we was all at, at the campfire. <laughs> and, uh, Sean Johnson, Bigler went to go sit down, and Sean Johnson pulled his seat out from under him. <laughs> he fell on the ground, <laughs> and I think he dropped like all the brownies or something. But it was super hilarious. That's funny. So this is a question you've asked me before, so I'm gonna ask you: what What has been your biggest strength throughout the ministry? I want to say making making guys laugh, you know, making them smile. Okay, what is your biggest weakness throughout the ministry? Women. Women and horse playing around. Okay, thank you, Antoine. Um, what is a scripture verse out that, that's out there to, that can give encouragement to the brothers coming through the ministry? Uh, one scripture, um, I got a couple. One is uh, Galatians 6 2. I love it. And it's uh, well, Galatians 1 through 3. It says, uh, if we catch a brother in sin, then restore him gently. Uh, and what, what it says, uh, and that we should bear each other's burdens. And, and if we do that, then we fulfill the law of Christ. And uh, that, that really, you know, hit home with me because, you know, out there, I was all about me. And then to come in here and to just, you know, see how we carry each other through, throughout the whole throughout this whole time and it's really inspiring. Um but I uh, I've been I was reading through the Bible and I seen came across Hebrews chapter ten verse twenty-four and I just want to leave this with everybody and it says let and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as all, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I just, that just speaks to me, man, like, so, you know, guys, uh, all we got is God and each other, you know, and there's been a lot of times where I have got frustrated with my brothers, and one thing that I, I wish that I had done more was uh, lean on my brothers more and uh, really poured in to the guys coming up behind me, I just, uh, but I, I know, I see the culture changing. I see you guys doing that, and I just want to encourage y'all to keep doing that. Thank you, Antoine. And I want to thank you for your time in the ministry. We love you, man. Love you guys too, man. One love, baby. Psalm 44, verses 9 through 26. But now you, God, have tossed us aside in dishonor. You no longer lead our armies to battle. You make us retreat from our enemies and allow them to plunder our land. You have treated us like sheep waiting to be slaughtered. You have scattered us among the nations. You sold us, your precious people, for a pittance. You valued us as nothing at all. You have caused all our neighbors to mock us. We are an object of scorn and derision to the nations around us. You have made us the butt of their jokes. We are scorned by the whole world. We can't escape the constant humiliation. Shame is written across our faces. 
and all we hear are the taunts of our mockers. All we see are our vengeful enemies. All this has happened despite our loyalty to you. We have not violated your covenant. Our hearts have not deserted you. We have not strayed from your path. Yet you have crushed us in the desert. You have covered us with darkness and death. If we had turned away from worshiping our God, to spread our hands in prayer to foreign gods, God would surely have known it, for He knows the secrets of every heart. For your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Wake up, O Lord! Why do you sleep? Get up! Do not reject us forever! Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our suffering and oppression? We collapse in the dust, lying face down in the dirt. Rise up! Come and help us! Save us because of your unfailing love. Proverbs 22, verse 13. The lazy person is full of excuses, saying, If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed.